0: Alright, hello and welcome to episode 18, I think, of the Game Difficult Podcast. We're here with return guests, or guest from last episode, Desolane, out there in uh, Pennsylvania. And we didn't talk much about his game, Field of Fire, last time, so let's do it this time, right?
1: Hell yeah, dude. Last time we fucking we got most of our conversating in on the successor game, so I felt like I was a little running off on tangents and shit. And I was like, hey, let's do a follow-up, bro.
0: Yeah, you know, I want you to use this whoever we have on is what I use it for to talk about the game stuff that you're like This is really difficult. I'm hitting these walls, but no one's talking about them So any of that stuff as obscure as it is your game or whatever you want to say about your game throw it out there
1: Oh dude hitting walls, uh most of the walls is a lot of the times other people like losing that motivation like people will people will go and go and go and then they'll hit that wall where it's just like I'm dead. I'm drained. I can't fucking do it anymore.
0: So the last time I was asking a little bit about it because you mentioned um, serving in the national guard about military discipline. So what you just said about those people Pretend you could be their um, commanding officer, or whatever. How would you train them so that they wouldn't hit those walls and give up and stuff like that? What would you do? What do they got to do?
1: Oh, uh, there'd be a lot of push-ups, but uh, <laughs> but in honesty, uh, there's a lot of times where you have to like reach inside yourself and drag it out. Like, there's always that inner strength that a lot of people don't know that they actually have, and one thing that the military does is really drags that out of you the moment that you get there the moment you get on the plane they're dragging it out of you
0: but you know you said you were like joking around about push-ups but i think there's something to that because like i've done some shitty labor jobs in my life and i work out and all this stuff and it's like when i'm sitting here in front of the computer like yeah it hurts my brain it's a hard problem but i'm like dude this is nothing like digging holes in the sun this is fucking easy so why am i quitting you know like i think it helps put you in perspective the physical pain
1: Oh, yeah, but there's there's two different types of pain. There's, well, for me, yeah, I classify three different types. So there's the physical, and then there's the emotional, and the mental. And a lot of times when you're dealing with game dev, I've noticed from a lot of people, it's a lot of mental drain and emotional drain more than it is physical. Because like you said last time, there's a lot of people who don't have like the best health habits whenever they're doing the jobs. Mm-hmm. But... uh You know, even if you eat ten cheeseburgers a day and you feel like shit, and you know you just sit around the house all the time, you have a bad back because you just sit. Like, there's still that emotional toll that it takes. Like I said last time, working on something for you know years and years, and then it just doesn't. You're you're constantly hit with this voice in the back of your head that's like just beating you fucking down.
0: You know what? It's kind of it would be like a different podcast, whatever. I don't know, but it's like if you don't feel good about yourself, and you know. Let's say your project, sometimes you feel good about it. Sometimes you feel shitty about it. But let's say you took care of yourself and felt good about yourself. So even if your game or your project feels shitty, you're like, "Ah, I still feel good about myself. But then if you don't feel good about yourself and your project's going bad, I think maybe that's what makes it all go south for people.
1: Dude, the self-loathing comes with just being in the military. I self-loathe every day and I have like the worst emotional habits like i'll smoke a cigarette instead of like actually addressing a problem and just bottle it all up the thing that keeps me going is is like i can hate myself and what i'm doing but like i tell myself like you're not doing this for you dude you're doing it for the players and you're picking yourself up every day getting out of bed and fucking working on it for like the dev team since i gotta run them i'm always like these are my fucking like these are like my kids man i gotta fucking like wake up and deal with their shit and help them out with stuff and like direct shit like i can't just fucking curl up and die you know
0: yeah and i think you hit on a key thing that i helps that i think helps people get through big projects it's like if it's just all about me if it's just all about yourself you know it's it's depending on the person it's easier to quit on yourself or to let yourself down than it is a group of people the audience your team whatever and i'm i've always trying to do that with my projects it's not about me yeah it's about whoever i'm trying to make it for and they're important i got to work hard and show up for them
1: yeah that's- it's always like something that I've noticed with solo developers for game dev is that like a lot of times uh, I got a I got a call from like a scam caller who's trying to get me to like get into college and he told me one thing he said his dad told him like my dad told me like where do all the best ideas go? And I was like fuck it where? He's like to the graveyard because a lot of times nobody will go out and push through those ideas and I feel like that's one of the worst things to deal with solo game dev is like a lot of the times it's just just you and it's super easy to just beat yourself up about shit. So I feel like a lot of times like really good games just curl up and fall into never being finished or never even being started because it's one dude who has this good idea and has the capability and then he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it. I can't do it. I'll never make anything."
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why like the looking from the end forward, you know, if you think about dying, like i read all these quotes by like regrets of dying people i find it very helpful there was like a book some nurse made where she wrote down like all the regrets of these people who were dying You just search for it and like that really helps you put your stuff in order because you're like oh man yeah they all had something they wanted to do and they never did and they're like i should have done that thing so you know you just got to put that stuff in order too
1: that sounds so morbid though making money off of like dying people <laughs>
0: Well, she, she did it cuz they they wanted to tell people but they were in the fucking hospice or in the home's dying, they couldn't tell anybody, you know. Uh. But they felt like, "Oh fuck, I figured out what to do but I'm dying." So, hey, people that are alive, fucking don't do what I did, you know.
1: I was I was under the impression it was just her being a piece of shit.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> She's like, "Let me cash in on these dying people. Give me your thoughts and dreams, old lady." <laughs> no your last words i mean because that is a thing (laughs) and you know yeah it's just when you're doing solo projects or whatever small stuff yeah it's all on you so if you feel shitty if you don't like yourself and what you're doing and man i've known so many people like some of the coolest shit i've ever seen never got finished you know and i don't know if it ever will yeah
1: that's the worst part about it dude that's why like i'm like i I can't fucking, I can't suck the team stick enough, dude. It's so nice to have a team. And like, I can't suggest it enough to people. Like some people, like I know one guy runs his own project. Like the dude like shits out tons of code every day and like just keeps chugging on. And like, if he has an idea, he just goes and does it. I'm like, I wish I had that fucking drive. Like the pure power of the mentality of just like fucking just pushing through every day, waking up, just pounding away at shit. Like the dude's a fucking tank.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it just comes like many things just through repetition, you know. You just do it every day and it kind of just becomes part of your being. I mean, that's how I work. I work like 10 hours a day every day, just every, no matter what. And it's just, I mean, it's a reason to get up. I mean, you just make it so important to yourself. It's like a life or death thing. I have to get up to do this. I have to do this. And you don't tie all of your self-worth to it, but you tie a lot of it. So, you know, it's important.
1: Yeah, that's like that's probably another terrible thing that happens. It's like the self worth because a lot of times you equate your your creations to yourself, and if you don't look too kindly on yourself, you'll think the same way about what you're doing. If oh, that makes uh, any sense,
0: a hundred percent, dude. I was like that earlier in my career. I took everything so personally, and it was so fucking painful and awkward. I yeah, it's just I know that a hundred percent. It took a long time to be able to step away from it, but. I think it's just dude it's when you care. If you care about it you're going to do that. If you don't care if you're just like I'm just in it for the money fuck you bitch like but if you care that happens and then you have to learn that hey I can care without smothering it, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, or just letting it eat you up completely.
0: Yeah, it's probably something that people learn from having kids or whatever. It's like, yeah, you care about things or what is it? Of, of mice and men, there was that old story where the retarded guy fucking crushes a rabbit to death or something. Like, I love you so much. Ah. Oh. And it's like, you know, that's kind of what we do to good, our work.
1: Good old Lenny. <laughs> yeah. Just think about the rabbits.
0: Yeah, so I mean, that's a key thing. That's what I've seen. It's like you care too much and you crush it or crush yourself or you don't care, and then you're just making whatever stuff.
1: Oh man, my problem is, is I'm just a self-destructive person mm-hmm. by nature. So like, even if something does tear me up. I still just keep shoving at it until I've got nothing left to give. And then I dig up some more to give. (laughs) Like, I don't know if it's persistence or if it's just like determination. I don't know if it's a positive or a negative, but it's one thing that it eats me up. Like if something drags me down, I'll just keep just pumping into it.
0: Yeah, kind of what I've done is that I've turned making stuff now, video games, into my addiction. So it's like, I'm like a junkie. But instead of like shooting up, I'm like working on my game. You know, like every moment I'll tell my wife or something, yeah, I'll I'll do that later. And then like, oh, where's my husband? He's inside working on his game. You know, it'd be like, I'm shooting up, but this is my addiction. (laughs) It's the thing. When I get stressed out, when I get anxious, instead of smoking a cigarette, I'll go fucking code or go design something, you know? So that's been my kind of thing. Just turn it into your, like your fix.
1: Yeah. I mean, like it, it hasn't reached the extent to me where or it's it's either positive or negative like whenever i've ever sat down to code or design anything or look through and sort stuff or be like oh these sprites need done i've never i've never like thought about it as like ah this sucks this is a fucking chore but i've also never thought about it as in like this is gonna this is gonna pull me out of my slump you know
0: yeah yeah that's it's, a good way to look at it
1: it's not so much like apathy you know it's not like i don't care enough about it one way or another. It's just like I don't I don't know, it doesn't have enough of an impact on the day to day, even though it does take up most of the time of the day. It's not like a an impactful thing. Like, you know, if I walk away from my computer, I can pretend it doesn't exist either way. So whether or not it's pissing me off or making me happy, it doesn't really matter if I like go outside or have to go grocery shopping.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I think yeah, it's all about the balance and you know where people are at, but um, yeah, it's got to be important, but not so important that it destroys you. So, or you're, or you're so, it's so important that you're terrified and you can't move and you can't even work on on it because you're afraid you're going to fuck it up. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's one thing with when you're really into stuff, you know, it's like the people that are really into stuff, they can make amazing things, but they also can destroy themselves with the weight of their fandom. So like, I'm a fan of stuff, but I'm not like a crazy fan because I know that it's kind of dangerous because, you know, you you hold it to such a high regard and then it becomes this holy stuff. And then, yeah, so...
1: Oh, they also like to integrate it into their, their character. So it becomes a character trait, part of their personality. And then whenever you attack that thing, you're attacking them as a person and they get really defensive. So even if you're saying something that's like helpful or truthful... I've noticed a lot of times, especially on the internet, where like information travels like water. You can notice when people get a little fucking defensive about stuff.
0: <clears throat> oh, yeah, that was me, 100%. That was me. My identity, my work was my identity. So when someone said something, quote, bad about my work, whatever, I took it as a personal attack and acted all. I didn't act out all crazy on the internet whatever, but I felt that.
1: Yeah, that shit also tears people down. Like, like I said last time, like take the criticisms and roll with them, and like try and cherry pick them for something positive you can learn from it. And if not, then just forget about it. Because like that shit can fucking wear you down. Hearing that too, especially if you like care way too much and like integrate it into your personality and like get defensive about it. Like hearing somebody say something negative can, yeah, I mean, it can hurt.
0: Oh yeah, I I think you're taking the totally correct approach, the total correct approach. I mean, I don't, I regret doing that in the past, but it was a part of my process, but yeah, it's, that middle ground is like the healthy space, so that's where I'm at now.
1: And it is a process, I've noticed with a lot of people. Like, uh, a lot of people that I've worked with or talked to about it, like, it's, it's always a process. There's never like this one moment where you just snap and you wake up one day and everything makes sense and it all clicks together and it becomes clear. It's, it's always this process that takes like months or years where people like slowly get into this mentality of realizing like what they should be doing.
0: Yeah, and as soon as you think you know what you're doing, then something's thrown at you to show that you don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> Every time, <laughs> that's my experience. I'm like, dude, I'm such a good programmer now. Wow, I'm just gonna do this thing, and I'm like, I don't even, I can't even fucking rotate the camera. What the hell? Ah. So it's yeah, stay humble and just be like, I don't know anything. It worked okay. I worked hard, but I'm there was some luck in there too, you know. Because yeah, as soon as you think you have got a handle on it and understand it, it just blah. It's probably yeah, like it the ocean. Like, I've never surfed, but I imagine fucking surf, it's like, oh man, I know the waves, the ocean, I know how they go, you know, and then it does some crazy shit and throws you on your head, so. It's a fucking hurricane. <laughs> yeah.
1: If it, I mean, or, if it's not the compiler telling me that I'm, like, shitty at something and don't know what I'm actually doing, it'll be one of the other programmers who's like, hey, quit being fucking stupid about it. I'm like, uh, I thought I was doing everything right, and they're like, nah, you have so much to learn. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll learn.
0: Yeah, and that's you know just enjoying the learning and being into that part. It's a you know big part of it too. Like it has to be fun, especially you know if it's a passion project, not getting paid for it or whatever. Like if it's not fun, then fucking change it so that it is. Yeah, I on, mean that's, on some level, you know.
1: Yeah, like I was saying like earlier, like even if it's not fun for me, I'll still turn myself down to get through it and that's like that's probably one of the things that I'll have to work through in the process of like changing into a better person is learning how not to self-destruct
0: yeah or not even necessarily fun just it's challenging it fucking scratches some itch you know where you're like how the fuck do I do this I gotta figure this out like something so it's engaging it has to be engaging in some way
1: oh dude that's like that's probably the worst thing about like getting into game development that I've noticed is that like Anytime I play somebody else's game, I'm like mentally picking it apart in the back of my fucking head and just can't get engaged with it and can't fucking play it because my brain is like, ah, oh, they did this to extend the playtime so they slowed down this tutorial. Like uh, my favorite examples in uh, Borderlands 2. Like you ever notice how the first hour of that game fucking drags? It's because they wanted to artificially extend the playtime so they made it fucking
0: drag for the first hour. Bastards. Yeah, I mean I used to make movies, so I can't watch movies. I do music, can't listen to music. I do games now, I it's, can't play games.
1: It's so bad, dude. As soon as you start <laughs> getting into something, like it just it tears you down. You're like, oh
0: fuck, I I can't I can't do it. No, it just has to be really good. If it's really good and engaging, you don't even think. But if it's not that good and you start thinking, you know, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, no, like State of Decay 2 is one of those games where I would just get dragged into it, and it's not even like it's like the second coming of Christ, like that type of game. It's it's decent, but it has its issues, but like I don't know what it is, just like it's one of those formulas where I can just get sucked into it, and just like zone out, and not a lot of games do that to me anymore.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of it's a little bit of a curse, but I mean, it's kind of cool, because then you see the world in a different way, and you can start to understand a little bit about these things you've been into so much and kind of, you know, be able to see under the hood.
1: Yeah, Adam biting the the fucking knowledge fruit or whatever the hell it was. What's the fucking book of Genesis? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) goes to show. (laughs) The forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge. Take one bite and you're fucked.
0: Yeah, especially like the games that are made in the engine you're working on, you know?
1: Oh, that's, that's even worse. Cause like, like in the, in the beyond engine, like I was speaking to somebody else in a completely different server that they were working on. They're like, I can't even, I can't even do that. Like, oh man, that would never work. Cause I just, we couldn't do it in this engine. And meanwhile, I'll like look at them and I'm like, I'm doing weirder shit than what that person suggested in the engine. And it's still working out. Like my project, doing something completely different in the engine that's twice as fucking strange as what you were discussing so I know it can do it
0: yeah and then there's the thing about engines too as you've probably seen is that people get all weird about them and like they have the stigma attached to them and you know oh you use Unity you use Unreal oh you just use Space Station whatever it's just yeah I don't like that hang-ups on the tools either it's all and usually the people that do the coolest shit don't even care at all they're just yeah. like oh we use this engine because it was easiest you know and then the people that kind of start projects don't finish them are all like you know fucking holy war about their game engines and all this stuff that's something I noticed too
1: oh yeah those those people are pretty bad one dude a uh, whole project fucking fell through after like I think he was only in it for like two years he ran the project and he just has this God complex where like everywhere he walks, everybody should fucking lay down the red carpet. <laughs> and he's like, I, I ran this project. I think I know what I'm doing. You should probably listen to me for designing your game. And I'm like, if you knew what you were doing, it wouldn't be dead.
0: <laughs> oh! Yeah, that's a, that's a quote I made up that I tell myself all the time. A person's, a person's advice can only go as far as they've gotten. So if like some dude was trying to tell me what I should do with my movies, he never made any fucking movies, let alone good ones. I'm not going to listen to them.
1: So. Oh yeah. Everybody's a critic.
0: Yeah. But it's like, okay, dude, well, if you've never done it, um, well, I've never done it either. Um, so I'm just going lis- to listen to me, you know? Because I mean, you don't know any better than I do. So why not?
1: Yeah. It's, it's always fun trailblazing. And then whenever people try to give you input on where you're trailblazing to, it's like, yeah, but you've never been there. And like I, I essentially like this was a big thing at the time for for us personally in the project because it was like we were re, we were reinventing the wheel. So basically we took the base SS 13 inventory and changed it to something so much better and just completely different. And a bunch of people were coming at me like, oh, well, I could have done that. Oh, well, I could have done that. I'm like, the game's a decade old, or, like, the, the game in the engine's a fucking decade old. Like, if somebody was gonna do it, they'd have fucking done it by now. Like, some dude was like, oh, I could have done that inventory in two hours. Why do not you just, why couldn't I just fucking do it for you? I'm like, then why didn't you do it? How long have you been here? <laughs> <laughs> Talk a lot of mad shit for people who haven't fucking done it.
0: Yep, that's why you gotta throw it down, or what's that, what's that thing? Move. move follow or get out of the way or something no lead follow, or get out of the way hell yeah dude yeah they're trying to people try to lead like after the fact like you led and then they're like oh you did it wrong if i was leader and it's like well dude you're not
1: (laughs) well i mean you, you had the opportunity you didn't take it and as soon as somebody else does it you shit on them doing it like just doesn't make sense to me
0: yeah i think it makes it harder to I mean, I think we talked about that off the podcast more than on. I think, I don't know i have to go back and listen to it, but we we were talking, I remember a bit about like the YouTube critics or something like that, like what YouTube has done to people. And I, I think that just makes it worse where it's like the critic shit is so popular on YouTube. Like everyone's a critic with no credentials. So yeah, it kind of just pushes that. Here's my opinion, even though I don't have any, you know, credentials or experience, but this is the world now.
1: Yeah, and then there was that weird uh what was it the i dubs versus some dude thing or something where uh he was like, uh oh, we're we're basically advertising whenever we do that and people watch for us as the personality. Meanwhile, like they have no credentials and and they're only doing it halfway to fucking like pirate the thing anyway so that everybody else can see it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right. We we um, I was talking about how I'm horrible at marketing. I'm not going to market anything. And then we were talking about YouTube. That's right.
1: Oh, yeah. I believe that was off the podcast. We were talking about just marketing in general being a pain in the ass.
0: Yeah. And I was saying I'm not going to do it. I'm just like, fuck it. I am going to do it, but in ways that not the normal way. So I'm watching like the GDC game development marketing talks, and I'm going to do the opposite of everything that the dude says. <laughs> Cause I'm like, yeah, dude. Okay, you made this game. I don't like your game, but just look at you, dude. I'm not gonna do what you say, fool. I'm gonna do the opposite.
1: Yeah, it'd be That's, different if, uh, like Bill Gates said it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like, me. That's just how I, I, am. You know, I gotta be like, wait, who is this dude? What? No, I'm not listening to this guy.
1: I'm of a, uh, I'm of a, of a mind that uh, you could do it halfway, like. Like we were saying last time, the uh, the whole like corporatization of marketing is so like fucking awful. Like if you go 100% in marketing, you'll turn into like EA where you're just like fucking loot boxing it, being the publisher and dipping your hands into development, like just pushing that shit 100 miles an hour. And it it just turns you into like a greedy looking fuck. And then you could go the complete opposite where like you do zero marketing whatsoever and the game doesn't really like it's very obscure and nobody really knows about it. Like there's always this, you have to hit this middle ground of marketing where it's just like you're not so scummy that you're corporatized, but you're also not like floating in the water, you know? Like at least you have a paddle.
0: Yeah, the thing that was kind of tripped me out when I was watching this guy's talk and he was talking about, I guess there's five classic tiers of marketing. It's like get someone's attention, then step two, get them to commit to your email at list or follow you on fucking social media, step three, blah, blah, blah. But it was pretty much like, Step one, get their attention. Step five, sell them the game. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, Why Why do I need to do two through four? Why can't I just advertise a fucking game when it's all for sale and sell it to them? Like, Why do I have to try to make them be my friend? I'm not going to do that. It's just like, hey, I made this shit. It's dope. You want to buy it? Cool. You don't? I, F you.
1: I think in that situation, it's more so about trying to get that person to advertise for you. Like two, three, and four four sound like uh, you're trying to get their attention and have them like halfway do it for you so you don't have to work as hard. Which, I mean, like I said, that works from like a corporate sense or if you're trying to get off the ground.
0: But Oh, I, can, I see. To like get them to spread it through their networks.
1: Yeah, because like, like I like a, a bunch of games in my inventory, but like in my Steam inventory, but like I'm not going to fucking like go out of my way to, like advertise like genesis alpha one you know like i love the fucking game it's cool as shit i'm just like i'm not the type of dude who's just gonna go out of my way to be like hey man you should play this like i know i don't know you but
0: <laughs> so what are some of the reasons why someone would want to promote a game
1: i would say uh, uh probably publicity or hubri or is it is it hubris hubris, hubris? hubris is that how you say it
0: if if you're saying h-u-b-r-i-s yeah
1: yeah i was like i was thinking about debris as in d-e-b-r-i-s and i was like that must be (laughs) that must be how that sounds
0: it's cool man i was a third grade spelling bee champion
1: i was uh, a dropout so (laughs) (laughs) we're on different levels here
0: hey i dropped out too (laughs) i never even graduated from high school i didn't get a GED either
1: all the fucking, all the best people are fucking dropouts, though, if it, if it goes in anything to show.
0: There's a caveat, though, but then I lied on my college admissions thing and said I had a di- uh, diploma, and they never asked me. So I did graduate from college with a, a uh, lie, but. That would never fly nowadays. They'd be all up in your ass. I don't know, dude. There's so many fields, there's so much fucking incompetence everywhere. I, I'm, I'm like not shocked anymore. They're like, well, we never <laughs> even checked those. ha. <laughs> why'd you take the SAT? You know?
1: That's why, uh, that's why I feel like a lot of people that come out of the military end up being libertarian just because they've like, seen how the federal government works and they're like, fuck that, dude. <laughs> they're like, you guys don't know. Shit sucks. Why the fuck do we do any of this? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. But uh, fucking promoting a game. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times it could be for inflating an ego, like wanting to get the, the numbers in or like the ad revenue if you're one of those free games, like you've got to churn out those loot boxes. So obviously if you're a free game, you would want the publicity because nobody's like paying for it regardless. So you kind of need that shit to keep the servers running.
0: Yeah, or like say when we're talking about those marketing steps, so someone sees your thing, you know, and follows you on Twitter and they're going to market it for you. So what would be one of the reasons they would do that? Like, is Uh it because it's like, quote, if it's indie and they want to support it? Are they like a game hipster? They know about it before everyone else. Like, what are some I mean, of the like, reasons?
1: Like, one thing I've noticed is, especially on YouTube, there's a lot of channels that base their entire foundation of, like, how they hold themselves up to their community based on, like, judging an early access game, or playing an early access game, or, like, strictly playing indie games and doing variety of indie games. Like, a lot of channels like them just playing your game and throwing it up for their hundred thousand or five hundred thousand people that watch it like even that's helping them anyway so that's what their foundation is based on so of course they're going to play like an indie game that they find and if whoever watches their video of course they're going to get the ad revenue but then I guess you're going to get the the knowledge you know people are gonna know about it because suddenly this person who built their entire foundation on playing indie games regardless played your
0: indie game. Okay, cuz I guess like I I don't play many games. I have like 5 games in my Steam. I play like one of them once a day. So, I'm and I'm not like I guess the only time I share stuff is word of mouth or I'm just like, "Hey man, if you played this game, fuck, you got to try it." But I've never done the online game thing, so I'm out of touch with like what normal people are doing online as far as why and, you know, promoting other people's games.
1: Oh, dude, I can't do social media. But uh, one channel on YouTube that I particularly watch is, uh, I think his name is Big Fry Gaming or something like that, and he, like, strictly covers, like, alpha or early access games or, like, developers that are shitty and just do asset flips of, like, older shit that they churned out just to get money on the fucking green light. And, like me watching his videos has always been like my way of like keeping up to date on the gaming news. Cause I don't like, obviously I'm not going to go to like IGN or some shit cause they've already proven how well they do stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess there's a whole plethora of YouTube ecosystems and genres and people and streamers that are just looking for this stuff. So, um, but I I'm like sure his there's...
1: channel cause I mean, I, I like his channel because it's always covering like newer stuff. Like if I didn't know something even existed, like he, talked about, uh, he talks about Dead Matter a few times, which is like a game that's coming out or did come out or something. And uh, I didn't even know about the game. And it was like, I, th- I guess it's like scum almost, just zombies, but not like as in-depth with the nutrient system or something. I don't know. It's like Better Daisy, day- 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 I guess. But I didn't even know it would have existed if I didn't watch the dude's channel. And like his whole foundation is covering these alpha games. So I mean it I guess it kind of goes both ways,
0: but Okay. Yeah, I mean that's something. How far I mean, how far down the road are you have you started thinking about that stuff already for your game? Like where are you at with that with your project?
1: Dude, I'm I'm waiting until we hit the vertical slice release where we're going to be releasing a vertical slice to the community before I even start worrying about marketing or pushing things. Because as it stands, I've literally like looking at it objectively. I've got empty promises and like just fucking an art show, like nothing to show for it. Like I could boot up the game right now. It's a it's mildly buggy, you know, because we're still you know building the game. But like it's it's playable, you know. But as far as like the community is concerned, like I just got a fucking art show and empty promises you know like i'm holding out an empty hand so i'm waiting until i fucking get that vs build where like people are actually capable of playing the game on a daily basis and like having fun with it before i'm like okay this would be okay to start pushing out and trying to get people to play more of
0: it all right i see yeah because i mean i guess that's a thing too i mean they say it's early start but it's like i mean the thing that i've seen trip people up and it's like, I just started today. Fuck, I got to start pumping out stuff on the internet to advertise my game. And it's like, then you start, especially if you're just one person or a small team and you start putting all this energy into, you know, trying to promote it and then create stuff for promotion, which is usually far different than the actual assets and things you're building that will be used in the game. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I, I swing way over in another direction. I'm like, I'm doing fucking no promotion. I'm just going to work on the game. And then when it's done, I mean, I can fucking delay it for six months or a year to promote it and finally put it out, you know?
1: I mean, I'm even, I'm even guilty of, like, being the naive dude that just starts pushing day one because, like like I said, the whole inventory thing that I did, I fucking, like, threw that shit up on subreddit whenever I first did it. I was like, look at this cool shit that the game's gonna have. And then fucking months later, there's still no game to have. So, like, kind of jumped the gun.
0: Yeah, that's something. But, you know, they they kind of put that out there. It's like, as long as you get people's attention, that's all that matters. I don't know, but I, I guess you're supposed to have some call to action when you do that so they greenlight it on Steam, or not greenlight it, wishlist it, or fucking follow you on social media or whatever. So if that happened, I guess it's good. Like, well, there's
1: mean, no... Like, like, getting people's attention is fine and dandy, but, like, keeping that attention is probably the hardest thing. Especially, like, whenever you're still... You're still unreleased, and you're still developing it, and you start getting people's attention. Like people have a patience and like a tolerance. Like, like I was saying, like especially nowadays, it's super easy to just like shit out a game in two days. You know, like it's fucking. You can just slap some shit together in some engine that ha- has a bunch of assets and call it done. Like people do it all the time. Like on the Green Light store, you'll see a bunch of shitty fucking yeah. early access games. Yeah.
0: The Unity's famous for that. People just get Unity assets and, yeah, flip them.
1: Yeah, it's fucking, it's bad. And, like, I, people are used to that kind of shit, too, where it's just, like, uh, they release their thing and then it's a piece of shit. So it's, like, when people jump the gun on that and, like, try to talk about it early, you can get people's attention and they'll be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. When's it coming out? And then you're like, uh, next year. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: Yeah. in the stuff that I was <clears throat> watching or reading, whatever there was just like, as long as you have it up on steam where they can wish list it, then you're good because then I assume it sends a messages, they get notifications so they can fucking forget about it. And then if they get an, it, Oh, it's released, whatever. So it's like the email list to get them on your email list and or, um, wish list it on steam is super important according to the experts.
1: Oh yeah. I mean like, Whenever I was looking at, like, other games, like, if they had the option to subscribe by email for updates or, like, Mankind Released, like I was talking about, or, fuck, Mankind Reborn, they have a uh, a whole Discord, and they have, have, like, a ping roll that you can opt into, and, like, I've obviously opted into it. Like, that kind of shit, like, it's nice to have that little reminder every once in a while of, like, hey, shit's still happening.
0: Yeah, that was another thing I remember hearing or reading or something was like, yeah, make a Discord for your game. But then it was like, you have to have a fucking bot or have some quote content continuously put into that Discord to give people shit to do. So it's like another job. So I guess we just need like some fucking digital marketing people to like do that stuff full time.
1: If I had somebody to market shit, it would be so much easier. I hate doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's so Yeah, bad. from like... From, like, my background in in video production and filmmaking and animation, like, I'm fucking so stoked to make the commercials for, I'm doing a side project game I'm going to release within a month, so, not that other one I was talking about, but I'm, like, so stoked to make the commercials. I like doing the marketing, like, making the copy and making the material, I just don't like fucking hustling it everywhere, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's the fucking dehumanizing part of it, is the hustle.
0: (laughs) So, I'm a fucking, I'm a decent programmer now, so I should just make a bot. If one that doesn't already exist, there's fucking some script where I can just put the files and it just sends them everywhere and every six days retweets it or fucking whatever. sure it exists already. Just got to find it.
1: That sounds almost like fucking malware.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know there's Reddit ones. I know there's ones people use, like you just put in the subreddits you want to post on and they just post and it posts on like 50 subreddits at once.
1: They have one... Now. On a Discord that I'm in, that actually pulls from the uh, Halo subreddit into their announcements. It's actually it's pretty chill if if you're interested in like keeping up on that sort of shit. Like, is it? It's a bot that just like posts like announcements that were made in the subreddit in the Discord.
0: Okay. Shit, we just been talking about marketing. Let's talk some game dev grit because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about with marketing. Let's, let's talk about some grit. Get into the grit with your game. What's killing you?
1: Uh, cancer. <laughs>
0: No, not that sorts. one. Something oh. we can play. A killing you that we can play. It's interactive.
1: Oh, shit, dude. You're going to have to boil it down to something more specific.
0: Okay, so you mentioned people. Um, What tasks with the team that you're managing seem to have the hardest time? Is it the code? Is it the art? What part of it?
1: Communication? The hardest, dude, the hardest part has to be the art by far. Yeah, really? Of- <clears throat> Oh, oh wow. yeah, no. Like I was saying, like the people that do the sprite work, like it's fucking great. Like I can't, like, like I said, like I can't love those guys enough. But like they, there's like this burnout phase. It, it always occurs. It's it's guaranteed. There's always a burnout that like the art people go through, and it's really strange that it's specifically the art people that go through the burnout. <clears throat> like I don't know if that's just something that happens with like the creative process. Of making art because I'm really not an artist like I can't do a fucking stick figure but I don't know if that's like a burnout specific to people who make art like paints and uh, like sprites and shit or 3d art like I don't know but I know that I've very rarely run into a burnout situation where I'm like fuck I can't do this anymore and then I've noticed like it's specific to the people that do art like even the people that program that I've talked to weren't they were never like oh fuck dude I, I gotta take a break
0: Huh, so that's only happened with the people doing the art.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of inclined to think that it has to do with like the creative process of making art. Because like I said, like the programmers, I've never seen like a programmer be like, I'm taking a break from it, I'm burnt out. Like I've never heard them use that term, but like happens to a lot of people that do sprites. Like not even my people, like other people that I've spoken to who do sprite work are like, fuck, I can't, I'm taking a month break or I'm taking a week off or I'm not working on that right now because of burnout. And I'm just like, man, that's. it's weird that it's just specific to them.
0: Yeah, you <clears throat> think it's because they're not like, you know, when you're creating stuff as a creative person, you create stuff, usually you get some kind of feedback eventually and then that gives you the energy to be like, hey, this is worthwhile if you're not getting paid. If you're getting paid, it's that money. If you're not getting paid if you're not getting the feedback you know then it can just feel like you're throwing your energy into a hole you think it could be that
1: i'm i'm inclined to think so yeah because uh a lot of times um if some needs done like needs needs done i'll push it through like to bounty work where i'm like here take some money to do this thing and people are like all right cool and uh i've noticed that that gets like the moment that I stopped putting out the bounty work because it became financially draining like I wasn't able to like keep up on it on every little thing you know um which I'm still going to go back to it and be like ah who did this who did this and like fucking dish out what's due obviously but um whenever it became financially draining there was a there was like a drought period where people slowly were like um burnt out and Another thing is like a lot of times with the the people who do the the sprite work, there's they're constantly doing it. Like I know they're always in like six different projects and have their hands everywhere. Specifically the people who do sprite work. And so I imagine like the load that's put on them is probably, I don't want to say heavy, but it's definitely very stretched out.
0: Okay, so like... Let, I wonder, let's see if that changes, like, when your vertical slice is out, when the thing is being played and shared and they're getting feedback. Because I'd, I'd be willing to bet that then the artist would be able to work longer because, like, hey, people are playing the game. Look, they're seeing my art. They think it's cool, you know, and it kind of gives them something back, some kind of currency.
1: Oh, yeah, no, like, that was, like I said before, like, that was that's one of the most selling features of the game is it's like the visuals. Like people look at it, and it's it's just so unique and has its own style that the visual director just turned out one day, and like he completely overhauled everything. Like one day he was just like, "Hey, we're redoing all the sprites." I was like, "Uh, are you sure?" Like we were supposed to release in like three months here. And he's like, "We're fucking doing it." I was like, "All right, man." <laughs> and uh, so he just he did it, and it's it it caught me out of the blue. It was just like a fucking like left field shit because it's it it'd be like if like a toddler who constantly talks about toddler shit just came up to you with like a full business report like it it just was one of those situations where i was like dude this guy memes all the time and then just gave me like a full google doc of like professionally done how everything's going to look and work and feel i was like holy fuck this came out of nowhere
0: maybe he's in drunken master mode you know he just seems like some drunken (laughs) weirdo but when it's time to act he's like "Da da 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 da
1: I I'd, I'd knew somebody like that in real life. He would, uh, he, my, well, my cousin knew him. He fucking dropped some Xanax and just came back with like $300 in one night just out of nowhere and was like, don't talk about it. Don't ask. I fucking make the hustle. <laughs> 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 fucking, some people were like drunken masterminds, like you said.
0: Hillbilly <laughs> master.
1: Uh but, uh, fuck, what was I? Talking about the artist, bur- the artist yeah, burning we went out. Fucking, there we went on that tangent again. Um, but yeah, he he redid like all of the sprite stuff, and he uh, it was weird because like I didn't even think about it at the time, but like like I said last time, the whole like the the mapper role, quote unquote, is like the people that build the game world with the sprites and the code put together, and I fulfilled that role on Fields of Fire, so I fucking uh. I plugged all these sprites together and actually like built it and started taking screenshots and like showing everything put like pieced together and coded in and like in the game world booted up and compiled. And he's like, Oh my god, dude, that looks so good and I'm like, uh, yeah, you made it and he's like, No, but this is like the first time I'm seeing it like put together. I was like, Oh, I I never even considered that you just never saw your shit put together like that, like a puzzle, you know?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that's a big deal, you know, to a creative person to actually see it. You know, they have, you give them, whoever's managing the thing gives them a vision and then they have their vision, and but everyone's like, ah, does it work? Is it going to work? I don't know, ah, you know, so.
1: There was this, I think I mentioned this last time about like layered development. Do you remember me talking about that at all? Layered development, no. So this was uh, a... A term coined by I think I did discuss it actually yeah I was talking about the uh, the I was probably drunk then the, the the lead designer of Dead Space how his team like couldn't figure something out because they were like trying to put the puzzle together without the pieces so he like broke it down into layers and started doing things like in a layered development like I guess they coined that term and uh, so they basically built the, the whole tentacle scene from fucking Dead Space like while he was gone and it was all dicked up because they were trying to put it together without him. And then he came back and like told them, okay, let's do this step first, step two, step three. Here's the graphics for step one. Here's the sounds. Put them in first. Do this. And he, they, I guess they coined this term of layer development where like, shit needs to be done in a certain order in order to have the, the puzzle get pieced together. And I always do that mentality. Like That was like one of the things when i started like really delving into game development that was one of the things that really like grabbed a hold of me as somebody who runs a team was like hey make sure you're fucking like lassoing the people don't let them just fucking like fuck everything up you know like make sure as a as a person in a management position that you're actually like managing you know so i've always kept that in my head where i was like i gotta make sure i'm I'm layering I've, I'm using this coin term that I learned from this this uh, war stories from uh, I think it was like tech artica or something like that or some YouTube channel where they interviewed this dude and he's like layered development and that's stuck in the back of my head from that point on I was like all right don't confuse people start breaking things down make sure that things get done in that order and I guess like I was doing that so well to the point where like when I did piece the puzzle together he was like well fuck that looks really good all put together
0: <clears throat> yeah you know when you were saying that I was just thinking about communication and how like we're talking about marketing before marketing is communication you got to be a good, good communicator what are you trying to say who are you trying to say it to programming also is communication and that you have to know what you're trying to solve like what's your problem what's your input what's your output which is another form of communication and then art is too what is this sprite what is this music supposed to communicate so I think if anything, to make everything better for all of us, we just need to learn to become better communicators. And, you know... Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and in certain positions, like, I've worked as an an artist, I've worked as a programmer, I've worked as different things, and it's like, you know, the people that haven't done what you do are trying to communicate it to you in their language, which isn't your language, so... By dipping your hands in everything, then you, know, you can learn little bits about the different languages. And then when you're talking to those people, you can communicate it better. I think.
1: That's actually come back to, to bite me in the ass. Because ever since I've like, started dipping my hands into programming, I'm like, here's how I would do it. And the dude who has way more experience is always like, can you just not do that? Can you, <laughs> can you just tell me how it's supposed to work and I will handle that? And I'm like, but and he's like, no, just shut the fuck up. Tell me how it's supposed to work and I'll fucking handle it. <laughs> and I, I still catch myself doing it and he catches me doing it where I'm like, oh, we, if we wanted to make this scene or this thing happen, we would fucking, we would do it like this. And this is how it m- would mechanically work. And he's like, no, just tell me the end result so I can program it. And it catches me every
0: time. Well, and you know, there's some communication from, You too. You need to be able to to um, articulate it to tell them what you're trying to say. You know, because sometimes, like as a programmer, when I'm trying to do shit, and I'm like, "What am I trying to do?" Like, I don't even know what I'm trying to do exactly. Stop. Let me figure it out. You know, so a lot Mm -hmm. can get mixed up in those places too.
1: Oh yeah, no, I can't tell you how many times I've fucking started working on something and then just went off like completely sideways, like. Something will remind me, be like, oh shit, I have to redo these fucking like casings or something. And then I'll just go do that. And then I'll come back and I'm like, why the hell is this only half finished? Oh, yeah, because I'm scatterbrained.
0: <laughs> yeah, something that, do you, do you use any like um, task management stuff? Like a lot of people use Trello. Um, I use one called Glow Boards. It's built into Git Kraken, which is a Git client. Do you use anything like that? Because I, dude, I have to use that all the time. I have a board of tasks. I have to-do, in-progress bugs, ideas, archived ideas, and I'm constantly using this. So when I get a random idea, I just stick it in here. And then when I'm working on shit, I put it in my in-progress. So like, if I get that weird mental, like, what? I just go look at my boards and be like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm doing.
1: I really need to get something like that. That's a very good idea because I've so far just been like doing everything mentally in a list of priorities and like delegating tasks through priority and doing things in the code. Like yeah, we were talking
0: about this a bunch in the Discord a couple months ago. So if you're using a Git client, like do you use, are you committing, are you doing managing repos, are you doing any of that stuff? Yeah. So what Git client do you use?
1: I use uh, Git GY. Uh,
0: oh, it's like a command line one or something?
1: Git for Windows. If you literally type into Google, like Git Bash... Bash, Git Bash, it comes up with the fucking GUI that I'm using, but it's like a weird named one that doesn't really have like its own like name. It just it's just oh, called okay. Git for Win
0: because <clears throat> there's a couple options. So the popular one is Trello, um, but if you're using a Git client, if you're managing your code that way, it's hard to like hook it in. Um, it, there's also a thing called Hackin Plan, which is like Trello for game development, which is better than Trello for games. Um, it has some Git integration, but it's not that cool. Um, I use the free Git client, Git Kraken, which is a Git client with a UI and everything, and it has boards, and they allow you to tie them in to your Git repos. So, like, when you commit code, you can say closes and then the number of the task, and then it, like, hooks it in into the task, so you can go back and look through your commits and be like, oh, this closed this card, this closed this card. I think it's really cool. Um,
1: Link me... Link me the uh what's it called? Hacked in something?
0: Oh hack and plan. It's just like this. It's hack and plan. I'll post it. It's you just spell it out H A H A C K N P L A N, but I'll post it in the I'll post it in here and in the show notes so people following at home can see it. So that one has oh, git shit. integration. It's way cooler than Trello for games. But I, I used to use that. But when I started using Git clients a lot, I switched over to my Git client. So I'll post that one in here too, Git Kraken, because I like it a lot.
1: Um, dude, holy shit. This fucking hacking plan looks so good. Like, I'm dude, definitely picking this shit up.
0: Check out, before you do, check out the boards on, if you go to Git Kraken and then go to the glow boards. And then look at their um their calendar and their timeline view and all that too. That's really cool because it shows like a horizontal calendar that's linked to your cards and you can put milestones and you can look forward in time, like what is due when, you know. So that's the one I use that get
1: Oh yeah, uh GitLab has something kinda like that. Not exactly, but we use GitLab. It it has something like that. That's got like uh like what are you trying to hit and um fuck, off the to... Like, literally, look. Yeah, uh, before... tracking, milestones, labels.
0: So. Yeah, a couple of my friends were like, oh, man, you need to get serious into, you know, using Git, this and that. I was just using it for backup. And then it wasn't until I started using those boards that I was like, oh, I see, like, because, like, you're doing work, you're committing that work, and it's not just about now. It's about the the future, too, so you can look back through your history, you know? So... I write really detailed git commit messages and comments and shit and then I, I totally changed my work. I'm I can stay on track, I know what I'm doing and all this stuff. So
1: yeah, cuz uh like basically everything that we do is done on git cuz like obviously a bunch of people have to fuck with one big code base, so clearly git's like the best option to work with.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and they, um yeah, I just found it really really useful so i just do like the one that's like 30 bucks a year because if you're using a private repo you have to do the pay version but public repos are free yeah but yeah i love that stuff so i was talking earlier about addictions so now i'm addicted to committing like and pushing my code (laughs) and i'm like when you when you write a commit that closes issues i'm just like Ugh, it's like an addiction now so i'm addicted to getting work done as a programmer
1: see i don't even i don't do the whole like uh oh what's that shit called uh fuck the word is escaping me What, whenever version you,
0: control versioning or the
1: whenever you, you do something in a professional manner and it, and it looks really good Formal? <laughs> i'm just a fucking- yeah i'm I'm just a mess dude i don't do that formal thing i'm just
0: well i think it fucking working it comes with time and experience it does that's how i was early in my career i wish i would have read this book it's about programming but i think it helps with a lot of other stuff too it's called clean code you can find the pdf for free online but it has a chapter just about naming and how important naming is And it totally changed my perspective. It made my work way more organized because it's like when we're jamming on shit and we're working, I'm like, I'm going to call this game object right here. Fuck you, bitch. You know, and like this one, blah, blah, blah. And then when you go back through it, you're just like, what the hell is this? I don't know what I'm doing. So that clean code book on, it's like names should tell you what they do. And if they don't, they're bad names. So I was like, all right, name shit right. Name everything right. Yeah, I'm going to
1: have to look that PDF up, actually, because it would definitely help uh, trying to fuck with uh, talking to people who actually program.
0: Oh, dude, it's... it's. I, I found it. I mean, I'm still new to programming, but it was like, oh, shit, I see, and it made my work so much easier and to do, and just... Yeah, just simple stuff like that. Um, let me see. I'll find it for you. I,
1: I googled it and found it. I, oh, okay. Uh, I ended up actually getting yelled at about, like, semantics of like naming stuff, like the difference between nuclear and atomic commits on Git, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And they explained it, and it's it was just semantics. And I was like, "Oh, so it's an oxymoron?" And they're like, "No, it's fucking semantics."
0: <laughs> you're dealing with programs, man. Semantics are everything.
1: Yeah, it's it freaks me out because, like in in the military, there's no such thing as semantics. Like, if you're going to talk semantics, everything is like boiled down to like an anagram or whatever the fuck it's called when you just use the letters
0: huh yeah i don't think it's a common thing in a lot of circles or positions or whatever but i found as i've gotten deeper into programming like i'll be having arguments with my wife or whatever and she's like well it's just semantics then i'm like yeah does that make it any less important
1: (laughs) to me it kind of does just because of my life experiences like if in real life somebody argued semantics with me i'd I'd probably get mad. Be like, what the fuck are you talking? Just shut up. Just say what you want to say. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, learning to be logical or doing the code stuff, it does change your brain. And it's like, I am talking in bad code, must fix. You're talking in bad code, must fix you.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I was like, a, I was an infantryman, like, when I was in the National Guard. And if you know anything about infantry, they're like, I don't want to say like the Hulk, but they're definitely like stereotyped as the dumb people who are just like, Oh, just go shoot thing. Blow up. It's like, it's, so that's like my mentality. Cause I mean, it basically was the job was to like storm a trench or fucking kick in a door and clear a house. Like shit like that we did. And, uh, and then after I'd like got into talking about programming and like starting to code and, uh, or rather just dick with the code and, uh, actually start managing the team I realized that like some experience carries over like the whole like working with other people in a team and like trying to lead and like plan things out and set goals and stuff that carried over between but other stuff like I can shoot a rifle really fucking good like I shot expert man like I shot 39 out of 40 like I'm good at that shit but the moment you put me out in front of a keyboard I'm gonna be like uh (laughs) fuck
0: yeah, well just remember, I think it was what was it some guy with the Dilbert comic or something? He had a book, but one thing I thought was cool in there, was like, any new thing you learn increases your chances for success at anything more. So like learning how to shoot is gonna help you make games. Help you know, making games is gonna help you do X. It's like you learn to be good at anything, it helps you with everything. So
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's also dependent on the individual too. Like if you can actually apply Knowledge across different fields instead of just acting like something is incredibly hyper specific, unless it is, like, like I also know how to do um, CNC code. Like I'm actually like fucking trained for doing CNC, which is like one step above binary, which is what like factory machines use. They use CNC, and uh, like I couldn't apply that to like trying to code in Beyond or like if I wanted to get into Python or C plus plus like i couldn't apply that but like not even like the practices of it but some other shit like you were saying like learning to shoot makes you better at making games like a lot of the times like i've played a game before that was i was like these people don't know how fucking guns work <laughs> and then uh i'd see who made the game and i'm like oh they're from the uk that's why okay
0: yeah i was just thinking about i think it's that ukrainian boxer Lomashenko. like he was a dancer his dad forced him to learn dance and then he's such a good boxer because he was such a good dancer, you know, so just stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd definitely keep him light on his feet. And like I said, it's like a lot of trying to as as the individual trying to apply a certain skill across multiple fields. Like if you can manage if you can manage a fire team, you can manage a fucking team of dudes making a game. Because it's the same like management kind of thing. Whereas like, uh I don't know. It wouldn't be applied right down to like the, the semantics of it. Like we were saying, like the, the little gritty details of it wouldn't be applied, but you could still kind of figure out and like at least have your foot in the door when trying to transfer over. Does that makes sense?
0: Yeah. And you know, like finishing is like that. You finish anything, any project, it's going to make you better at finishing everything else. You know, you get to know what it feels like. What does finishing feel like? You know, finish installing this fucking filter under the sink, finish a game, finish and hanging a door, finish fucking cooking a meal. Like, you know, just finish stuff and you get the feel of it. And then it's like, it makes all finishing easier. Oh shit. Wouldn't that be a perfect place to fucking finish this podcast? Oh Oh,
1: shit. (laughs) We're coming up up on the right time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, man, thanks for coming back on the podcast. Do you have any I know you mentioned the cancer earlier, so when I say do you have any final words on this podcast, I don't mean like you're gonna die right now. I just mean for the end of the podcast, you know.
1: Are you are you gonna put it in a in a book? Sell to people.
0: Yeah, dude. I'm I'm (laughs) that I'm that nurse actually. (laughs) I'm like, this dude's like twenty two, but he's going on eighty eight. Yeah, he could go. (laughs) I'm gonna steal his words.
1: No, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to get back on a second time to be able to, like, right some wrongs and speak with a not-so-shitty microphone and actually, like, communicate things. I don't know, not necessarily clearer, but, like, more in-depth.
0: Yeah, of course, dude. And, you know, I'm I'm the old veteran, grizzled veteran of the creations. And, yeah, I think you're on the right track, man. I think you got the right attitude. Like I said not taking stuff personally I took shit personally and it made it really hard for me and I made some really stupid decisions in my career because I took shit personally and, and in my personal life too so yeah it's a good good thing to have to be able to fucking detach a little bit
1: well that would lead me into my final words absorb shit like a sponge because I've, I've only been studying like in this field of designing games just on a personal level not even like a a college level just like studying into it and really delving into it for like 3 or 4 years now and i've just absorbed fucking everything that i hear like i'll read something absorb it hear something absorb it and just like ap- applying all that across the field that i've gotten from other people definitely helps like yeah, man. and absorbing and
0: shit i was going to say you know we have resources that have never been available before to anyone ever and I would say so, and don't discount learning informally because like in my filmmaking and animation career, I never took one film class. I never took one animation class. I never took any fucking art classes. And I took my, one of my movies that I made for fucking couple thousand bucks. I literally made out of garbage and I got into the biggest film festival in the world and premiered there and like beat all these other people with like millions of dollars who went to film school and all that shit. So don't put down an informal education. I think. A lot of the best shit comes from informal. You know, the people who go to school for it are usually like cookie cutter or whatever. So,
1: yep. I've also heard like don't go to school for it. A lot of people that I've talked to <laughs> went to school for it.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I like dude, that. I would I would never. I would. If I went back to school, I'd do like fucking computer science or business marketing or something. But game dev, you can learn on your own, man. You just got to grind making games, just fucking make games, find the cheapest engine, the fastest, cheapest thing and just turn stuff out. And you know, like they say with all this stuff when we first start, we got to make like 10 crappy things before we can make a good one. So it's to start kicking stuff out to get through to your good stuff, you know?
1: Oh yeah, on the same page of that, don't make a bad reputation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you know what I did, dude, this I saw right now I use the identity or for the last fucking 13 years, M. Strange. I had two other identities before that, that I made stuff under that's terrible so like you know just make an identity they suck kill them make a new one you know so your your new work that's good isn't connected with the old work that's bad no one will ever know
1: they'll <laughs> never put together the pieces
0: <laughs> so yeah thanks again for being on and um anybody out there listening you're doing game stuff um you want to be on the podcast just message me on the discord which you can find in the link here somewhere just look up game Dev grit And, uh, yeah, looking forward to talking to you. And thanks again, Desolene. And best of luck to you, sir. You too, brother. All right.